This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg. Grab a stool and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Carl Gallops is here for the full two hours. His new book, The Summoning, Preparing for the Coming Days of Noah. Carlos Kajina is my technical producer. Ryan White is my live stream producer. And we are live streaming on my YouTube channel, Strange Planet. Please hit the red sub button. We're inching closer to 25,000 subscribers. A couple of updates before we get going. I'll be hosting Coast to Coast AM this uh, coming Saturday, or I should say, well, yes, this coming Saturday. That's April the 3rd. Also, Friday, April the 9th, and Saturday, April the 10th. Go to coasttocoastam.com for more information. You can also listen to me weekdays from 4 to 6 p.m. on Saga 960 a.m. Saga 960 a.m. That's a brand new show. You can stream me live at saga960am.ca. All right. Is our world actually reeling toward the prescient days of Noah, those days of unparalleled global turmoil, as foretold by Jesus in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke? Are we really on the brink of a universal shaking, as a number of today's prophecy watchers are warning? Carl Gallops is the longtime senior pastor of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Florida. He's the author of the bestseller, Magic Man in the Sky. Additionally, he's a conference leader, evangelist, Christian media icon. He's one of the founders of video teaching material to the world-famous P.P. Simmons YouTube ministry and biblical apologetics channel. He's a graduate of Florida State University and the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, and he's the author of I'm going to say almost a dozen book uh, books, uh, Amazon bestsellers. I mentioned The Magic Man in the Sky, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah, Final Warning, Be Thou Prepared, When the Lion Roars, Gods and Thrones, Gods of Ground Zero, Gods of the Final Kingdom, uh, The Rabbi, The Secret Message, and the Identity of Messiah, Masquerade, Prepare for the Greatest Con Job in History, and his latest, The Summoning. Preparing for the coming days of Noah, Carl. Welcome back to the Conspiracy Show. How are you, man? 
Richard, I'm doing great. It's my honor to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So your previous books, and I mentioned Gods and Thrones, Gods of Ground Zero, Gods of the Final Kingdom, Masquerade, it feels like uh, you're you're preparing your readers, you're laying the groundwork. Each volume sort of builds upon the previous, although they each stand on their own. You don't need to read them in, sequ- in uh, sequentially, correct. but yes, it's like it's like you're things are ratcheting up. We're you're ramping up. We're heading almost to this denouement. Um, do you? I mean, it's as if you you're saying we are now in the midst of these these birth pains of the end of ages. Is that? Do I have that right? Well, yes, actually. In, in fact, I state it like this, Richard. We are living in the most prophetic time since the first coming of Jesus Christ. And, and I can prove that. That's not just some grandiose statement that I'm making. But before I do that, let me just say, yes, you're right about the books. You're, you, you've nailed it. Uh, uh, there's 11 out. I've got another one coming out this fall, but the summoning is the 11th and, and the most recent and is just going crazy around the world. The people that stock them continually sell out. It has really, uh, you know, struck a chord with people because the world is just crazy. And and it always has been, Richard. I mean, ever since the Garden of Eden and the flood and, you know, but but now the world is different, like at no other time, these unprecedented times of massive uh, technological exploits, uh, you know, information communication systems that are just, you know, that, that just a few years ago would have been considered science fiction. I mean, literally just a few years ago. And it's continuing to explode and instantaneously, well, 24-7 communicating around the world with little handheld devices five-year-olds walking around with them all over the world. And and because of that, the world is now beginning to speak with one voice. The governments are speaking with one voice. We saw that during the COVID crisis. We're still in the middle of that, and we're listening to so many governments, you know, saying, using the same mantras and the, and, and the same marching orders. So, so uh, th- there's a lot of that that's happening. And so, um, I've been writing these books. Listen, I want your audience to, to know. Some of them know me, and many of them probably don't. Uh, but um, I've been a pastor in one church, a preacher, teacher, investigator of the Word, and an author for 34 years in one church. Prior to that, I spent 10 years in Florida law enforcement, two different sheriff's offices under three different sheriffs as a patrol officer, and in one of them even doing my own criminal investigation. So I've got a lot of life experience and um, and a lot of experience in investigating the Word of God as well, and I approach it kind of like a criminal investigator. I, when, I, when I write these books and I put this information in there, it's for primarily God's people, but even if you have listeners tonight who would say, well, I'm not a believer and all that, that's okay. That's okay. My heart is with you. I mean, I, I've been there. Uh, so I write for you as well without being preachy and without being pushy. That's not my nature. I just lay the evidence out, the facts out there. I'm like a criminal investigator. I look for witnesses. I look for video evidence. I look for fingerprints. I look for DNA. I look for the forensics. I pull them together and I make my case. And just like in criminal investigations, not every case is 100% soundproof 100% of the time. I don't claim to be that guy, but I do claim that what I'm putting in these books, I'm not pulling it out of my back pocket. It's not out of my 
head of fantasy land. It's, it's from years and years, decades and decades of this kind of, of mentality of researching it and collecting the evidence and double checking and blind checking and, and then preaching and teaching and putting them in books and basically having them peer reviewed, if you will, before the entire world. Um, right. I, I, I do a lot of TV and radio and have for a decade. And so, so that's what I'm doing. I'm just trying to, you're right. I'm trying to prepare the church for the times we're living in and maybe what's around the corner, Richard. Well, your, your previous book, Masquerade, was written oh. before <laughs> COVID. Oh. Oh, it was written yeah. before COVID, but the figure on the front cover, Satan, you know, the, uh, we're talking yeah. about the greatest con job, Satan, he's wearing a mask. And that wasn't, yeah. that was uh, not your decision. That was the publisher, publisher's decision. But again, how prophetic because it was written before COVID and before and, and went to print just as COVID was starting to happen. And here is the central figure in the book, Satan wearing this mask. How prophetic. But then and and many of us look at COVID and think this is prophetic. But you you also write that we're always living in prophetic times. Yeah. But often we don't really notice. What do you mean? Right. Well, y- yeah, listen, you, you've brought up two amazing things there about about the prophetic nature of that book, but I'm going to answer your second one first, and then if you don't mind, I would love to get back to what happened with that book and what's happening with the summoning. Both of them, I believe, and many who read the books believe that God is using me prophetically. I've never claimed to be a prophet. You know, the prophets have already spoken, but I'm a preacher, teacher, investigator of the Word. I put out there what I see happening in the world, what I see the Word of God saying, and then by the time they go to print, the stuff that I was saying in my books, you know, is around the corner. It's already happening. And people are reading and say, how did you know this? And, you know, and I said, I, I, I didn't know it, but God did, obviously. So, yeah, the, the thing is, listen, here's the prophetic nature of our times. Everything is ramping up, Richard. Everything is speeding up. Listen, and and according to God's word, and I prove this in the summoning, again, I'm only going to say this one more time, otherwise I'll be saying it all night long. Again, I prove it by backing it up with with profuse scholarship, ancient scholarship, classical scholarship, and modern scholarship. So I don't just hone in on one or two scholars and whatever they say is what I put in the book. No, I I go through the whole gamut, word studies, etc. But it's not written at a professorial level. It's written for the man and the woman in the pew uh, or on on the street, just anybody that likes to read and wants to know what's going on. And and the point I'm trying to make and and to answer your question is, yes, uh, ever since the return of Israel, and that is God's stop clock, like it or not. Some people say, well, I don't want to talk about Israel. Well, but here's the deal. God's word says over and over in the Old Testament and the New Testament that this is the starting clock, the stopwatch. This is the sign, God's words, the sign to the nations. This will be my sign to the nations, says the Lord, that I am God. And and the context of all of those is, and that you are living in the times before the return of the Lord, the last days. Now, I want your audience to know I am not a date setter, and you know that, Richard. We've known each other forever. I, 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 I'm not this, you know, super sensational guy. Uh, I don't just make up sensational stuff, but but a lot of what I say is sensational because God's word is sensational. The times we're living in is they are sensational. And so just 73 years ago, in a couple of weeks, 73 years ago, the nation of Israel was born. So now think of this, Richard. 73 years ago, 
Now, that was before my time of birth and before your time of birth, but but not by too many years, relatively speaking. But so all you and I have grown up with is Israel in the Middle East. But just prior to our birth, there was no Israel for 2,800 years. Yet the Word of God said, and I'm going to paraphrase all of these prophecies, in the last days before the return of the Lord, I will bring back Israel to the land, and it will be my sign to the nations that I am God. This is my word, and beside me there is no real God, no creator. It is me, and this will be a sign that we're in the very last days. Well, brother, that's our generation. For 2,800 years, that, that was not there. And then just before our births, it happened. Now think of this. When it happened— here was the technology of the world. Three major networks, black and white, that we received in our homes, if we were lucky enough to have a good antenna connection, and every now and then we had to send somebody outside to turn the antenna with our hands to get a good reception. That was our technology. Radio, three black and white channels. And the information we got about the birth of Israel was days old by the time we shot the film, got the film developed, uh, got it back by airplane or ship or however you know they could do it, airplane mainly, and then was developed into grainy black and white and then finally shown to the world. Well, my gosh, look what has happened in 73 years regarding technology. It's too ubiquitous for me to even go down the list. But just think of the information communication technologies. Think of the Internet and all of the technology that's involved with that. And now we're going to quantum computing. I mean, it's going to change again hugely just in a few years. But on top of that, just transportation technologies in the last 73 years are just through the roof. And n not only that, but medical technology. Technologies, biological technology, scientific right. technologies, well, on and me, on and on. Let me ask you, though, Carl, had yeah. had we not been in the midst of COVID, everything that you're saying is still happening. So even without COVID, would you still be writing the summoning, preparing oh, oh, yes. for, the, for the days of Noah? Oh, yes. And before COVID, listen, you nailed it a minute ago. This is why I want to get back to this. The book Masquerade. See, Masquerade and Summoning, they were released only 11 months apart. Now, they were written further apart than that, but the problem was the story I'm going to tell about Masquerade, uh, it, it wound up that they were released, they actually were released then only 11 months apart. But here's the thing. You just asked me, would I be writing about this if it wasn't for COVID? Of course. I mean, I just, in fact, I say in the summoning, and you've read a bunch of it, you know, I, I make it clear, COVID's not really the deal here. It's everything that's come out of it. Right, um, the response. You know, yeah, the response is so prophetic. It has burst forth uh, a, a double handful of right off the pages of Scripture prophecy. But And we can get into that later, and I think we're going to take calls later on, and some of your, your callers may have questions about this. But, but back to this. So you asked a good question, a fair question. Would I be writing about this if COVID had never come along? Well, I have been for years. I've been preaching it, teaching it, preaching in prophecy conferences, uh, kind of warning or forewarning, if you will, that these things were going to happen. Now, let me give this example. I know some of your readers are going to think, ah, I don't know, that's too surreal. That didn't happen. Well, I've got the evidence for it. I'm published by a major publisher. They can all testify what I'm getting ready to say is true. They went through it with me. And that is this. I wrote the book Masquerade in early 2019. Now think of the timeline here. 
Um, and I was writing, I was using that passage of Scripture that speaks of, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 11, that says, even Satan masquerades as an angel of light. And I took that as the jumping off point for just what you said, proving to the, to the church primarily, but to the world, that we're living in the most prophetic time since the first coming of Jesus Christ. It's unfolding at lightning speed before us, just like Daniel said in one of his prophecies, the end will come like a flood, and it's happening. And so I was writing about that. I came up with the title. Rarely do the titles I come up with are the ones that stick, you know, because the, the publisher is a major publisher, and they get to kind of choose the title. They work with me. But, but, so, but I came up with the title Masquerade, and I convinced the publisher. I said, look, this is a good title because it comes right from the Scripture. The subtitle was Preparing for the Greatest Con Job in History. Now, the publisher came up with that because the underlying theme of the whole book is the greatest con job in history is the coming Antichrist system and its control of governments, and watch this, and of the churches worldwide, governments worldwide, control of the churches and God's people, an attack launched against the churches and God's people. That's all in the Word of God, and there's way more detail than that, but I'm just trying to hurry up and get to the point. And so I was writing the book, Masquerade, preparing for the greatest con job in history. All right, so that that's the theme, proving what you just asked me. Would I be writing about this if it wasn't for COVID? Well, I did. I put it in the book Masquerade, and there was no COVID, at least anything we knew about. And then I had to turn it in by summer of 2019. Now, remember, still no COVID. Uh, then they started working on the cover. Then they we finalized the title, and of course we did all the editing back and forth, everything it takes to get a good book out there by a good publisher. And then it was supposed to be released in fall of 2019. Now remember, still no COVID. But I don't remember exactly in that case what happened, but something happened with the printers, the, the printing companies, not the publishers, but the printers they use, that it had to be delayed. I can't remember exactly what it was. I do remember what happened with the summoning. The summoning was delayed, too, and that's another supernatural story. But let me finish this one. So. And, and the publisher called me and said, Carl, I hate to tell you this, man. I know you've been advertising and ramping up for the fall, but it's going to have to be released in the first quarter of 2020. We just, we just can't get it out in time. And I was disappointed, but look, I've got a great publisher, and I've published a lot of books with them. And I said, look, I trust you. No problem. We'll just go on. I'm writing another book right now. And, and it turns out that it was the summoning. But anyway, so I waited and waited. All right, now we round the corner to 2020. And, of course, that's when we start hearing COVID, COVID, something out of China is what they were saying. Donald Trump and that administration, and they were saying, you know, well, the New York Times, because the leftists in America hated Donald Trump. So the New York Times, the Washington Post, even Dr. Fauci, Nancy Pelosi, they all said, ah, Trump's crazy. Nothing to this. It's just a, a hyped up flu. If you want to go on a cruise, you can go on a cruise. Fauci said that it's, it, all the way into March. Pelosi said, you want to go to Chinatown? Go. Go to Chinatown. Come to China. Don't be a racist. Don't be a xenophobe. New York Times said the worst thing we got to worry about is the flu. We've already got 60,000 people dead. Uh, Washington Post, same thing. This is nothing more than a bad flu. Okay. Well, my book was supposed to be released in mid-March. So we're marching along. No, no pun intended there. Excuse me. But mm -hmm. we're marching along towards March. And I'm going about my normal life of pastoring, and I'm traveling, I'm doing TV and radio, I'm in and out of airports, Atlanta airport, Chicago air, coast to coast uh, airports, and doing TV and prophecy conferences. 
And of course, COVID is raging and none of us really know it, you know, because of all of the political game playing. Trump's out there screaming and hollering and begging to shut the borders down, to stop this thing. People forget that. People forget that he was the one that wanted, you know, to to take action and they were the one downplaying it. And then later they tried to turn that around and say he downplayed it. But that's another story. Oh, yeah. No, it is. And And I'd love to talk about it with you. But anyway, so I'm just giving the background because when I finally dropped the bomb on what happened with this, your audience is going to, you know, would have otherwise said, I don't believe that, but just listen to the foundation here. So, so we're moving along now. It gets to mid March and that's when the, the talking point of the left around the world, governments of the world, it began to change so that by the time we hit late March, we were beginning to hear these rumblings of, you know, everybody's got a shelter in place. We got a mask up. We got a social distance. We got to, you know, demand the closure of, of all things, churches. And, you know, you heard very, very little about closing down other religious institution. Uh, there was some, of course, but I mean, it was, you know, basically the churches, the Christians, the churches, and you can't sing and you can't meet and go to live stream. And if you do meet, uh, we, you know, just a certain limited number and put marks on the floor to separate everybody. I mean, it was crazy. And everybody was up in arms, you know, when stores were closing. And then we had this, uh, this whole thing about, uh, you know, essential businesses and non-essential. And then the Supreme Court in America even ruled through a Nevada ruling that, look, churches were not essential, but casinos were. I mean, the, the Supreme Court literally ruled that, trashed the First Amendment, and basically said churches cannot operate, but casinos can. I mean, craziness and, and was liquor erupting. Stores. And liquor stores. And liquor stores and, and restaurants. But anyway, in the midst of all that craziness erupting, guess what happened? My book was released. And I, I, for, I had really forgotten all about it because the world's going crazy. I'm still traveling everywhere. I'm working on another book. I knew it was coming out, but I had shoved it to the back of my mind. It comes out. The publisher says, Carl, the book is released. It's in all the stores. It's already going crazy. And let me remind you, go look at the cover and look at the title. And it's a picture with a man and you can tell it's basically Satan looking like a man, which is, you know, he's masquerading as a human or even as an angel of light. It's a picture of a man with a mask on his face. Right. And the right. subtitle is the greatest con job in history. And that's what, of course, people that were pushing back against all this COVID hype. And I mean, COVID's real, but there's a lot of hype and weaponization that went on with it around the world and particularly in America, particularly particularly aimed at the coming election in 2020. Carl, I got to take a break here. Just pardon the interruption. We'll uh, pick up on this when we come back. Carl Gallup's The Summoning. All right. We will uh, be back in a moment. Don't go away. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. We're back with Carl Gallup's. Carl, we were talking about the release of your previous book, Masquerade, yeah. again, written and actually sort of, uh, well, written before COVID. And uh, so now it's March. Everyone's talking about COVID. We're in lockdown. The book is now in bookstores. And the artwork on the front cover is Satan in human form wearing a mask. A mask. Yes, yes. And Richard, you know, the title is Masquerade. And think about it. 
you look at the world. Now, listen, I'm not judging people that have to wear masks or want to wear masks. That's not the point of this. And when I speak of churches being closed all over the world, and we'll talk about that in a moment, I don't judge pastors or churches or Christians or denominations. I mean, there were some that I believe didn't need to close, didn't have to close. For example, I live in Florida, and there was never an order to close the churches, but almost all of them closed anyway. Our church never did, and there's a miracle story I can share with your uh, with your audience about that. But but the point is, the all around the world, it looked like a global masquerade. I mean, everybody in the world, pretty much, billions of people were masked up. Billions of people were talking about what what they believed. All of this was a con job. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. You know the the weaponization of it, locking people down, turning uh, prisoners out of prisons, but uh, taking law-abiding, working citizens and making them stay home, basically imprisoning them in their own home. People were livid about it, and so right in the middle of all of that comes a book called Masquerade, preparing for the greatest con job in history. A lot of people thought when they saw it, they said, "Ah, this is just some guy capitalizing on the 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 this these bad times. He saw he saw this and just quickly threw together a book and put a cute little cover. But once people started reading it and they looked at the print date, 2019, <laughs> of you know, or the, the 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 copyright date, they freaked out because not only did it have all that, but guess what else it said? In the book, there are five or six chapters where I go to great lengths to show that the scriptures actually predict that in the days before the return of the Lord, that this global antichrist spirit speaking through the governments of the world will seek to close the churches down around the world. That was in my book. I wrote it in 2019. It releases in the middle. Picture of a man with a mask, greatest con job in history, and and part of it is talking about how the, the, the governments of the world are going to basically conspire, whether they knew it or not, but Satan right, knew right. it, uh, to, to close the churches. And for the first time since the birth of the church, 2,000 years ago, the church was born on Pentecost, and for the first time since that, never before has this happened, we're all over the globe. With one voice, the government said, close the churches. Never has that happened in the and, year and 2020. Also, Pentecost, and of course, last year also, during uh, the resurrection uh, service. Oh, of course. Which, yeah. as you point out, I mean, in terms of uh, if, if, if there's a more significant day that sort of marks when, you know, uh, death, where is thy victory? Where is thy sting, right? Yes. Uh, Christ beats death. He beats Satan. So the it, the idea of, of the Antichrist system closing down the church on that day of all days. Yes, for the first time in history. And and listen, just in case you have listeners that are saying, well, you know, the, the cross didn't defeat Satan. The resurrection didn't defeat Satan because look, look, it's been 2,000 years. And look, but here's the thing. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Bible is very clearly says, with the Lord, where there is just life and the dimension of the realm of glory, paradise, life, it, it, a, a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. There is no time with God. He is, he was, he ever more shall be. He was before time. He will be after time. And so 
when we think 2,000 years, here's the illustration I give when people are, are prone to say, well, you know, that, you say he defeated Satan, but it sure doesn't look like it. Here's what's happening. And the Bible says this. Now, it doesn't use the illustration I'm going to use. I'm going to use a sports analogy. I'm thinking of American football, but we can think of uh, European football or whatever you want. Uh, but but uh, use, use, use in your own mind the sport you wish. But I think of it like, look, you got this game that started back at the Garden of Eden, if you will, or the flood. And of course, this is no game. This is death and corruption. But, but let's compare it to a game. And, and, and so it goes on. Well, it finally gets to the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter comes this thing, this crucifixion and resurrection scene that's declared to be the death. Now, that would, that would extrapolate to our metaphor of we're now in the fourth quarter. We're down to two minutes to play. And we're on the side that has already scored 47 points. And the other team has scored seven points. And the clock's winding down. Okay, so the game is still being played. People are still being hit. Uh, people are still being tackled. People are still getting hurt. Uh, and the game is still being played. And everybody's fighting for yardage. But the bottom line is the team that we're on has 47 points. And there's two minutes to play. It doesn't matter how hard the other side fights. They have already lost the game, and they know it. But they're playing for keeps, and they're playing for blood. And so they're out for blood, and they're playing hard. And that's what we're watching. Revelation 12.12 says it like this. In the last days, woe unto you, earth, because Satan has been thrown down to you, and he is filled with rage and fury because now he knows his time is short. There's the sports analogy of a football game. That's what's happening, Richard. Yes, Jesus was de- was uh, won. Satan was defeated at the cross and at the resurrection. Resurrection Sunday is the Sunday that has been singing out for two thousand years. Satan is defeated. The game is over. Jesus declared it. It is finished. And so in 2020, and I say that in the summoning, I start the summoning off. We've been talking about masquerade, but the latest book, I I start off by saying, look, for 10 years, I've been preaching in prophecy conferences. I've been on TV. I've been on radio, even on your show, Richard. I don't know if you remember, but I've been saying to, to audiences everywhere for 10 years, something's getting ready to snap. I can't put my finger on it. I don't claim to be a prophet, but something's getting ready to snap that's going to affect the whole world. We're going to live to see it. It's going to, it's going to jettison other prophe- prophecies into existence. We're going to witness it. And 2020, I believe, it happened. And again, it's not just COVID. We've had uh, pandemics before. We'll have more. I think COVID was Satan's test run for a lot of things. How easy can we shut the church down? How easy can we get pastors and Christians to run? How easy can we get governments to speak with one accord? How easy can we mask up the whole world? How easy can it be that we can do atrocities like letting prisoners out, but taking working people and making them lose their jobs, sticking them in their homes and ruining their lives. How easy can we get away with this? It was a test run. Uh, Governments acquiesce because of the power, but the demonic drive behind it is exactly what the Bible prophesied. And okay, so let's let, let's talk a, a bit about the the persecution of of Christians, and oh, even yeah. the United Nations has acknowledged that Christianity is the most persecuted religion right now. But yes. if if I'm a, a a Muslim or a Jew or a Hindu uh, or a Buddhist, 
um, I'm saying, well, listen, you know, our, our temples and mosques were shut down just, you know, yes. just the same as churches. So if this is the Antichrist system at work here, and they're, and again, they're trying to, they're, they're, they're taking aim at, at, at uh, Christ, then why, why allow, why close down the, the mosques and the, and the temples as well? Right. We're not, in other words, the Antichrist system is not singling out Christians. Right. I, and I address that in the book. That's a good, fair question. And as I try to do with all my books, I try to be good and fair and <laughs> about everything. And so the answer is this. And some of it I have to speculate, but and I will be clear about that. But But a lot of it is just right there in the Word of God. So the answer to the question is this. There is going to be, like I said in Masquerade, a time, and we've already seen the test run for it, where it will basically be outlawed to be a Christian or to meet as a Christian. Now, we've seen, we've seen little microcosms of that down through history. The Roman Empire, the church had to go underground. They literally met in the catacombs underground. Whenever they were caught, they were thrown to the lions. They were killed. They were persecuted. We see it now in North Korea and China and Asia, uh, the, the, the most, a lot of the Muslim nations, this gr- driving of the church underground. So, so your question is a good one. It, it comes to COVID, and then we see this worldwide push, you know, shut down they very rarely said shut down the religious institutions. Almost always they said shut down the churches. But you're right. Most of the laws were aimed at all religious organizations and religious gatherings. Well, it kind of had to be. I mean, if this is the test run, you can't just come out and say, okay, we're against all Christians. Everybody else is free. It would have been a global uprising overnight, a global war. But rather... It was a test run to see what would happen. But here's the other statistical fact. Christianity, and I'm making air quotes because not everybody that says they're a Christian is a born-again, you know, blood-bought believer. I mean, Jesus said that in Matthew 7. Not everybody that just says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. But let's just speak of Christianity as a whole. Protestants, Catholics, everything in between, everybody that names the name of Christ as, as Savior. Christianity is the largest faith system in the world. Billions and billions and billions of people will tell you that they are Christians, that they're not Muslims, they're not Jews, they're not Hindu, they're not Buddhist, they're not atheists, they're not agnostics. Now, I'm not coming on this show to disparage anybody's faith system. I'm just speaking statistically and historically here. Of course, I'm a Christian, and so I obviously believe that that is the way, the truth, the life through Jesus Christ. But again, I'm not disparaging anybody else. I'm just speaking Carl, truthfully. I got to jump in here. Just pardon the interruption. We'll take another time out. We'll come back and we'll pick okay. up on that point. Okay. Carl Gallup's The Summoning, preparing for the days of Noah. Right here on The Conspiracy Show, my name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. And we will take calls in the second hour. Just sit back and keep your powder dry and listen to the conversation unfold here. And then, as I say, top of the hour, we'll open up the phone lines and also... We'll take questions from the YouTube live chat, Carl Gallup's The Summoning. So we were talking about the persecution of the church yeah. uh, during COVID, closing churches for the first time 
in 2,000 years on the, the resurrection service and Pentecost and so far forth, and it looks like it may happen again. Uh, you know, we're just uh, less than a week away from uh, uh, Good Friday and, and the resurrection service, and uh, and then for Orthodox Christians, it'll be a few weeks later. But so anyway, continue on with your point. We were talking yeah. about yeah. we were talking about the the number of Christians uh, being in the billions around the world. Yes, and of course, I I, I want to repeat, I am not here to disparage any faith group. Uh, if I disparage anybody, it'll be Christians as a whole. <laughs> but 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 the but you asked a very fair question again. You know, well, you say Carl, you know that you're shutting down the church, but look, it was uh, all religious institutions, religious gatherings. You know, right? Look how Cuomo, look how uh, Governor Cuomo was treating Orthodox Jews in New York. It was disgraceful. Oh yes, I know. And and uh, it, but here's the thing. For students of the Bible, know that in the last days before the return of the Lord, and again, I'm not a date setter. I just know what the word says, and I know what's happening in the world, unprecedented events. But it says, and I'm paraphrasing, but that 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 Satan and the Antichrist system will attack Israel, the people of Israel, uh, Jerusalem particularly. There's going to be a huge war, according to the Bible, that's, or, or armies uh, gathering up to come against Israel and Jerusalem. So the Jews, uh, of course, and then, of course, God's people, Christians. The Revelation 12 says, and, and Satan went off to make war against those who hold to the testimony of Jesus in the last days. And then the next verse, it says, and then the dragon, which is Satan, it says in Revelation 12, it says, gave his power to the beast. And then you're in Revelation 13, which is the whole Antichrist system that comes in the last days. So this this aiming of Satan's power and influence over the governments of the world, the kings of the world, and the Bible talks about that, um, was aimed at religious institutions. But you're talking about Judaism and Christianity, the largest faith system in the world, which is exactly what the book of Revelation says that Satan is going to take his sights on. Now, of course, uh, 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 other faith systems came into play. But look, in the United States alone, I, I mean, and, and in other places of the world, in Canada and the United States, I mean, you, you didn't hear much about Muslim imams being put in jail. Again, not disparaging Islam or Muslim imams, but you didn't hear much about it. You didn't hear much about rabbis going to jail or entire well, congress. You write the, the, the headlines, and you, you reproduce some of those in the book, especially from the New yes. York Times, was talking about Christian Christian churches and evangelicals uh, being yeah, anti-science and yeah. being super spreaders. Yes, uh, and and yes. um, and then the other the, by and contrasting that with the way that they were reporting on the uh, the, the the rioting uh, Antifa and BLM riots, by contrast they said that they were actually these riots were healthy, and yes. that they were perhaps because they were keeping people indoors they were afraid that they yeah. were they were preventing the spread. Yes. So the rioters, looters, and burners were heroes because they were causing so much fear that they were keeping people inside, which was preventing the spread. I mean, it's ridiculous. The, 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 the logic there just defies explanation other than demonic. And, and so, you know, but yet if you dared, if a preacher dared, look at California, they put preachers in jail or fined them or took property away. Look at the pastor in Florida, Rodney Howard Brown down in Tampa, man, they snatched him up and there wasn't even 
a, a mandate from the, in fact, the governor had to step in after a few weeks and say, look, I'm not closing churches. And so the state attorney had to drop charges on the pastor that they had arrested and taken to jail. Well, and we, put we had on one charges. thrown in jail up here in Alberta. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. That's why I'm saying Canada and the United States, especially, I can speak with a little bit of legitimacy to. I don't know about all over the world. I mean, I, anecdotally, I read stories from all over the world. But the point is, there's just no denying that even though, you know, the, the orders and the edicts would say, you know, all religious organizations and meetings, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. But look where most of the absolute hellish accusations and attacks were directed at Jews and synagogues and Christians and churches, particularly evangelicals, but Catholic as well, and, 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 and you know, the Church of England and all that. It was directed at those calling themselves Christians and Jews. Now, again, I'm just saying that's the, that was the final statistical outcome. I know technically and legally it was aimed at all religious organizations, but like you say in my book, I document the headlines. The headlines are atrocious that came out. Watch this from all over the world. Look, there were Muslim nations and Muslim periodicals and Muslim uh, news sources in the Middle East, especially, and over North Africa and, and, and up into the Stan nations, into Asia, that were absolutely targeting Christian churches, and they were saying, you are the super spreaders. In fact, some of them said, even went so far to say, you started the whole COVID came from you. And I've got that documented. So it was just surreal. And, and, I'm, and all I'm saying is, again, I'm not disparaging any, any other person's faith group. I'm not targeting them. I'm saying we were targeted. And, and the Word of God said that would happen. I don't know that this is that. In other words, I think that what we're watching is just a dry run. I think it's a, a beginning run. Uh, I think the worst is yet to come, and I'm not trying to be negative or, or you know, uh, 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 you know, the sky is falling kind of person. I just know what the Word of God says. I've watched something surreal and unprecedented happen. I felt it coming for several years, and I couldn't put my finger on it. Boom, it's here. And we're, and we're not out of it yet, brother. It's still no, going. No. I got to take a time out here, Carl. Yep. This yep. was a short segment. We'll come back and discuss yep. further. Carl Gallup's the summoning, preparing for the final or for the days of Noah. We'll find out what that means exactly as well. Stay with us. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is the Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. Carl, you draw a parallel between uh, the, the persecution of Christians in the church during uh, COVID. As you mentioned, a number of countries, they, they basically blamed uh, the, uh, the pandemic on, on the Christians in their country. And you, you, you parallel that with what was happening in Rome during the time of Nero, not only with the fire, the great fire that Nero blamed on Christians, but, but there was another plague happening around that time that, that, that was also blamed on Christians. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I took it right out of the annals of history, and, and actually I credited another author who did that research and wrote a, a whole book about those things, the response of the church uh, to plagues and pandemics in, in the first couple, several centuries of the church, and he wrote it before COVID. Uh, you know, so, so, but I quoted from him and the bottom line is, yeah, I mean, the church has always lived through earthquakes and you know, rebellions and riots and war 
wars and, and, and lion's dens and fiery furnaces and pandemics and plagues. And, and so, you know, what has been that response? Well, it's had to adjust. I mean, you, you can't just, you know, tiptoe through the tulips and pretend like nothing's going on. We have to kind of accommodate the culture without compromising the Word of God. And by and large, down through the last 2,000 years of church history, globally speaking, the church has done that. Um, you, you know, let's take our brothers and sisters in China uh, and and just speak of this. I mean, the, by and large, the real church is underground in China. It's a microcosm. It's a, it's a, it's a duplicate almost of the Roman Empire. Um, I've got good friends that preach and teach in the underground churches, and they communicate with me about how close they came. They're in basements and you know in closed office buildings at night, and they have to you know sneak around the city and take different cars and shake the police off of them just to get into a, a darkened room, and maybe if they get into a basement and turn the lights on with another hundred or so believers in worship, and if they get caught, they lose everything. They go to jail. Some of them disappear forever. Uh, some of their businesses are seized. Um, but but that's, so it, that's been going on, but the church down through history has never just acquiesced to a government demand and closed its doors. And, and said, okay, just tell us what to do next. And if we go back to church, tell us if we're allowed to sing. Tell us if we're allowed to breathe without a mask. Tell us if we're allowed to get closer than six feet to our brothers and sisters and touch them and pray with them. I mean, you know, tell us how many we can have in our sanctuaries. That's never happened before. Now, I do, I think I speak of this in, in, in my book, but if not, I've spoken to it a lot on, on in media. And that is, some have asked me, well, what about the 1918 Spanish flu. By the way, we're not supposed to call it the China virus, but we can still call it the Spanish flu. Anyway, right. uh, <laughs> duly anyway. noted. And the variants, we can name We can name the country can name for the all, variants. Yeah, the right. UK variants and the all. The South African that. variant, yes. Yeah, so anyway, we almost digressed there, brother. But the bottom line is, I did a lot of research in the 1918 uh, Spanish flu outbreak in the, in the United States. And yes, there were some states, governors, who asked churches to please cooperate and close down temporarily, um, and they didn't have limits and singing and how many and masking and social distancing. And the most I could find after doing a lot of research, there were a couple of states where the churches shut down for two months. Prior to that, it was more like two, three, four, five weeks. Um, by, by and large, even back then, they understood that an upper respiratory virus, which is what coronavirus is, and I know that it's not the same as the flu. It's like on steroids, if you will, but, but, but it's going to run its course. It's going to run through the population, or as the scientists call it, the herd. I, I, I take uh, umbrage at that. I don't like being called an animal. We're not part of a herd, but that's what they call it, herd immunity. A virus is going to do that. A mask doesn't stop a virus. Uh, you know, Sheltering in place doesn't stop a virus. Closing everything down doesn't stop a virus. It's, a virus is going to do what it's going to do. You can protect the weak. You can protect the vulnerable. You can develop medications, and yes, sometimes even vaccines. But the point is, Spanish flu did not do what some of the people on the far left are, are saying that, you know, wanted to kind of weaponize this whole thing and shut everything down. Oh, they, they delighted with glee in shutting the churches down and putting preachers in jail in America? 
with the First Amendment? I mean, mm. the only nation in the world that just sacrosanctly. Well, you had churches where the, the National Guard showed up. You talk about this yes. in the book. The National yes. Guard showed up because because the congregants had volunteered to be tested. Yes. There were there was one church, I think there was 24 people that tested positive, no hospitalizations, nobody on ICU, no one was even sick. Because as we know, a positive test and a PCR test is is, is often a false positive. Uh, but they volunteered to be tested, twenty four of them, and then and then the National Guard shows up at the church. Yes, that the church actually had a testing center, you know, trying to be quote good citizens and cooperate with the government. Well, yeah, like Ronald Reagan said, that's the last words you want to hear. Hi, we're from the government and we're here to help you. You know, that is that's just not true. And so here's a here's a church. I think it was in Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky. Yes. I don't. Do you remember? I it's think in my it was. I think it was in Virginia. Okay, yeah, it's it's in my book, and it's all documented. Everything is documented with mainstream sources, not not back channel conspiracy sites, but it's it's good stuff. And 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 I get them from multiple sources before I put it in my book. So so that happened, and and it was a governor, and and so they this church met and they volunteered and they tested and they said, wow, we had like twenty four people, you know, that tested positively, reported it. The governor rolled the national guard on them. I mean, I mean, this poor little church is just saying, yeah, we're going to be good citizens. Nobody was sick. Nobody was on respirators. Nobody was dying. But it was just, it was horrendous. Calling the National Guard on a church of volunteer congregants while cities were burning and cops were being shot at and killed and businesses were being looted and the National Guard was denied entry by the governors of those states. I mean, this is the kind of madness and the hypocrisy and the duplicity that that I'm speaking of that just speaks of the chaos of the last days, the Bible does, truth being thrown to the ground, lawlessness prevailing, depravity of mind, people losing their minds, controlling the church, targeting the the Christian church, targeting the Jews, targeting the nation of Israel. I mean, all of this is in the Word of God and so much more that started bursting to fruition as soon as we turned the corner to 2020. And then, of have, course, in America, the whole thing was weaponized against the 2020 election. I mean, there's just no doubt about that. Go ahead. Right, right. We have a couple a couple minutes here before the top of the hour. And I wanted to, I wanted to start talking about the Antichrist system as it pertains to the Great Reset. Yeah. Uh, and some of the things that you point out in the book and how, you know, we again, COVID is real. The pandemic is real. Uh, but it, it is the idea that never let a good crisis go to waste. Exactly. And so what are the agendas that are sort of piggybacking on COVID? And, of course, the globalists are wringing their hands with delight because this is an opportunity. And they've said as much. They've said, they here is so. an opportunity. So yep. let's talk about. Some of the uh, the plans that they they have. You talk about uh, what are they called? Digital dots. Do you remember yep. that digital dots to, to, yep. to basically to mark people? Talk about yeah, tracers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tracers. Talk yep. to me a little bit about that. Okay. Yeah. So you talk about the Great Reset. Now, f- most of your listeners, especially those that listen to you often, they they know what we're talking about. But just because we're picking up new folks, let me just say this: the Great Reset is the name, the moniker given to this. Uh, this uh, this ideology ideology of of 
a global government. Now, this has been around for a long time. I mean, and it has really found its way into global, what we would call global institutions like the United Nations. And there are so many more. Uh, and they're all kind of in the same bed together. But in the midst of this, some of the leadership of this movement from around the world working through these other global institutions have presented themselves. They've got a website. You just just put it in one of the search engines, The Great Reset, and it'll take you right to the website. You look at the video. It's like watching a Hollywood-made horror movie end-of-times thriller, the trailer. It's unbelievable. I watched it, and I said, oh, my gosh, just 10 years ago, this would be science fiction, and they're presenting it as truth. In other words, this is where the world is headed, and we're going to be the captains of the ship. We're the ones steering it, and they literally say on their website, COVID-19 presents a unique opportunity for the Great Reset. And they talk about a global banking system, a global government system that can control you know, this COVID pandemic. What they mean is these 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 draconian measures of closing down businesses and small businesses and churches and jailing people that refuse to wear a mask and on and on. They're talking about an organization, a government organization that literally will have the power and the voice to speak to all of the governments of the world and that all of the governments of the world will get on one page to quote, fight COVID. You know, it's for the children, you know. I mean, I mean, right, over right. the years, this is the kind of stuff they do. It's for the children. It's for the puppy dogs. It's it's for your health. It's for all these butterflies and, and daffodils and unicorns, you know, and that's how they present it. But when you read the fine print, well, it's not even fine print. It's on the front page. They're literally telling us we're going to trace everybody. We're going to mark everybody. We're going to control the money. We're going to tr- control the governments, and we're going to use COVID to do it. Now, right, I've we'll, oversimplified we'll it. it. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll pick up on the other side. We'll have a little bit more time okay. to flesh that out a little bit. We'll talk yeah. about quantum dots to uh, encode yeah. your vaccine history and, and uh, other things, uh, coronavirus immunity certificates, and much more. Carl Gallup stays with us. Stay tuned for Hour 2. Live. From Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Thanks for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed basement with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Carl Gallup stays with us this hour, preparing for the coming days of Noah. And Carl is the longtime senior pastor of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Florida. Additionally, he's a conference leader, evangelist, Christian media icon. He's one of the founders of video teaching material to the world-famous P.P. Simmons YouTube ministry and Biblical Apologetics Channel. He's a graduate of Florida State University and the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, and uh, his latest book is The Summoning. You can also hear him on the radio. We'll tell you about Freedom Fridays uh, a little bit later as well. Okay, so we're talking about uh, the Great Reset uh, as part of this Antichrist system. And uh, so let's let's uh, go back a little bit and talk about some of the proposals that have that are being floated. Uh, It's looking more and more like uh, uh, a vaccine type 
um, a passport is going to be required, certainly in Europe. Uh, and they're, they're seriously floating that idea here. I mean, I don't know uh, whether it would be constitutional. I, I, I don't think it would be, but that I don't know. The courts seem to be playing ball with whatever comes their way. They just said, that's fine. Uh, anyway, let's talk about um, COVID uh, vaccine passports and these quantum dots, these, these, uh, this marking system. Okay. Yeah. No, I think you've summed it up beautifully in your opening uh, uh, statements there, and that is, yeah, they're dead serious. When I say they, I mean not maybe not everybody, but a huge consortium of of, of world leaders and government leaders um, are deadly serious about uh, vaccine passports and tracing. Uh, of of course, Bill Gates with Microsoft is right in the middle of it, and other tech giants. and And I think uh, some of them don't have a clue about the biblical connotations, the prophetic and the demonic connotations. Of this, I, I'm not trying to give them a pass, but I think they're just thinking money and power, money and power. You know, without without some kind of mitigating force in your life, like the presence of God, I mean, you're just open to your flesh and open to the wilds of the world, and and your gods are going to be money and power, controlling the population for my benefit and my manipulation. And so that's kind of the philosophy, the overarching philosophy, it seems, and I'm oversimplifying it some, but of the Great Reset, this 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 ideology, ideology that's that's got its own website, is connected to the big globalist institutions like the United Nations, and they're looking at global government, they're looking at global health care, they're looking at uh, global uh, digital uh, monetary systems, and they say this, and they say they're going to use the COVID crisis as the launching pad for it, and they're talking about tracing and marking. Listen, I wrote a book called When the Lion Roars several years ago, four or five, six years ago. Oh, see, you asked me earlier, do I ever talk about this stuff before COVID? Oh, yeah, been seeing it coming. I started studying the 2020 agenda of the United Nations, uh, but that was back in 2017, 2018. Well, their agenda was basically the same as what we're looking at, the Great Reset. They just didn't have the what I called in that book the trigger. What do we do? What can we use to get the whole world marching to our orders. And I predicted back then a pandemic of some sort could be a trigger. And I talked about other triggers. But back then they were saying by 2020, we want to have the whole world identified and marked using the technology. They Back then they called, they, they were really focusing in on this uh, biometrics, you know, the biometric technology to mark everybody. But that never happened. It didn't happen to the extent they wanted it to, even though they were feverishly working. And then... They came up, the United Nations came up with Agenda 2030, and they called it Sustainable Development Project. A really sweet word saying, look, as the world grows and grows and grows in population, we've got to be able to sustain it. We've got to feed it. We've got to clothe it. We've got to employ it. How are we going to do that if we've got 7 billion, 8 billion, 12 billion, 15 billion people? We've got to be able to sustain the development. Well, if we're going to do that, we've got to have, you guessed it, Global government, global money system, global this, global that. And the, and the goal is 2030, and they literally said, and I've got it documented, in the 2030 agenda of the United Nations, we will have every man, woman, boy, and girl on the planet marked and coded and identified 
so they can be traced and tracked. Now, get this, Richard. Are you there? Yes, I'm listening. Okay, I heard a noise. I thought I'd lost you. Okay, but get this. That 2030 agenda, and I've got it documented in the book, When the Lion Roars, stated, and I'm paraphrasing, but it stated, and, and we're going to do this so that we can, it literally said, to bring peace and safety to the world. Now, why am I emphasizing like that and using the word literally so much? <laughs> because it literally said that, and I've got it, I've got it documented, but the Bible literally says way back in Daniel and then again in the New Testament that in the days when they're crying peace and safety, and the, and the implication is when the world is crying peace and safety, peace and safety, then sudden destruction is going to come. In other words, that's when the man of lawlessness, the son of perdition, the Antichrist system will come to its fruition. I mean, they're living out prophecy. They're using words. Look, this whole thing of, 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 of vaccine tracing and vaccine certificates and and you can't fly internationally unless you've had a, a vaccine card or you've been chipped or or you got a tracer dot in you or something like that. You can't fly. Some even Bill Gates said early on until he got his wrist slapped because he was speaking too quickly and panicking people. But he said, you know, we could require this for you to work. We could require this for you to go to the grocery store. We could require. He literally said we could actually require this so that people can go back to church. In other words, they took church away. And then the right. bait was, if you'll take our mark, we'll let you go back to church. Now, you, well, you mentioned – let me ask you about this because yeah. you mentioned biometrics. Yes. And here, I'm just going to crib here from your book. You write, a new biometric identity platform partnered with the Gates-funded GAVI Vaccine Alliance and MasterCard will launch in West Africa and combine COVID-19 vaccination, cashless payments, and potential law enforcement applications. In early June, yep. Gavi or GAVI reported that MasterCard's wellness pass program would be ad- adopted in response to the coronavirus pandemic. Um, around a month later, MasterCard announced that Trust Stamp's biometric identity platform would be integrated into wellness pass as Trust Stamp system. So what are, what are they linking here? If you get the vaccine, you can actually get paid? Yep. And brother... It sounds so surreal, but it is. this is real life in real time now. We are actually living inside of prophecy, and most of the church doesn't even get it, which is why I'm doing these broadcasts. It's why I'm writing these books. I'm trying to wake up the church. And poor Africa, bless their hearts. It's like they're always on the cutting edge of being experimented with, as like almost like lab rats as a continent or a nation with Down through the decades, they've been targeted for this. And now, as you said, you're reading from my book, and I got it straight from the websites of the people that are doing it. They're going to use Africa again, West Africa, as the experimental launch pad for this marking system. And and you're right, it's attached to all of those uh, all of those uh, uh, you know conditions. And so, so people that know the Word of God. They know Revelation 13 that basically says, and the whole world will be forced to take a mark. It's, it's a worship or a giving homage, if you will, to the Antichrist system. And if you don't take the mark, it literally says, I'm sorry I'm using the word literally so much, but I'm using it correctly. It literally says you cannot buy or sell unless you have the mark. Well, if you can't buy or sell, that, then you can't eat. You can't work. 
you die or you scrounge around like a rat, you know, uh, and beg and borrow and steal. And, 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 and the book of Revelation describes that about the last days. And now the, the Great Reset and the Agenda 2030 and the sustainable development and now the thing you just read, uh, there, you know, you got MasterCard involved. You got Bill Gates involved. You've got these globalist leaders involved. And, and, and they're saying we're not going to let a good crisis go to waste. Here's the trigger we've been waiting on. Now, I'm very clear in the, in the book on the summoning. I am not saying on your program tonight. Now, it may turn out that this is true, but right now I'm not saying, and I say this in the book, that COVID-19 is the mark of the beast and the vaccine and that it's the, the be-all, end-all. I think it's a dry run for what's coming next. I think what's coming next may be even worse. I think. I could be wrong, but... Um, even if it is, it's it's building and building and it's morphing on itself and it's uh, you, you you know and it's 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 what do you call it when a virus uh, uh, morphs? What's that called? I have lost my words here. But oh, anyway, uh, it mutates. Yeah, mutates. It's a it's mutating itself and and so it could be that what began in 2020 will mutate into this into this antichrist system. It could be, but we cannot be denied. Again, I've got it all documented that the globalist leaders who are looking at the globalist agenda are giddy with power and wealth and control and manipulation. And they actually say on their websites and in their literature, COVID-19 is the foundation for getting this done. And now, you know, we're watching it happen. Brother, with the masking and the staying at home and the closing of businesses, closing of entire cultures and societies and nations and states. Listen, my church never did close, and I haven't gotten into that story, and I'm not going to dive into the whole thing right now. But, but, but through our live stream, we now have had to develop a, a, a live stream membership for our church. People from all over the world. I could give you their names. I actually went through a bunch of the names this morning in church. We've got couples from Germany, where German Germany is not letting people go back to church yet. Um, we've got couples. Uh, we've got people, families in, in parts of uh, parts of Canada that have joined our church. Uh, a couple of uh, women uh, who live, they, they, they don't even know each other. They've gotten to know each other, but they live in a part of the city where there were a couple of churches. The government said, no, every, uh, church is closed, church is closed. And, and the pastors left town. And it was the only two churches in town. Now they have no churches. Do you want, well, you want to hear how, how ridiculous things uh, got up here? So the, the, they opened the film industry up here, it's a, and, and I, I'm glad they did. Uh, because that's a big em- employer here in in Toronto, so there was this was at a time when you had uh, severe, you know, h- harsh restrictions on on churches. They could have ten people, didn't matter how large the church was, ten people maximum, and unless you were shooting a film inside a church in which you wanted to recreate, you know, uh, a liturgy or a service. Uh, and then you could have more than 10 people. So as long as you're making a movie in church, you can have more than 10 people. But if you're actually conducting a liturgy or a church service, you can only have 10 people. 
That's that's the degree of lunacy that we're dealing yeah. with here. It's lunacy, it's depravity, it's duplicity, and all of those other fancy big words. It's hypocrisy, and it's all tied to never let a good crisis go to waste. And and I, I still, again, without judging individual pastors or congregations or denominations, I still hold the church as a whole at fault for this because the government said boo. And pastors, denominations, Christians, and churches all over the world ran for the hills. And I'm telling you, the Word of God even warns that in the, in the days before the return of the Lord, the Bible warns that judgment will begin first with the house of God. Now, what does that mean? Well, this whole world is already under judgment according to the Word of God because it's fallen. Satan is the prince of this world right now, but we're in the fourth quarter. He's lost. He knows it, but he is still fighting for his life. So the world, the lost world, I'm talking people that don't know the Lord. And again, I'm not getting preachy here. I'm just telling you what the Bible says, because the Bible is the only religious book in the world that prophesied all these things, and now we're living them. No other religious book. I could name them all, but it sound like I'm attacking religion, so I'm not going to. But no other religious book in the world prophesied thousands of years ago the exact things that are happening right now. But the Bible does. The Word of God does. And it actually says judgment begins first with the house of God. And Jesus, even his parables, he talked about the wheat and the tear and the separating process. He talked about that, Richard. He prophesied, he predicted that the last days would be a final harvesting, and it would begin in the house of God. It would separate. Jesus said, not everybody just says, says Lord, Lord. Not everybody just quote, and I'm making air quotes here, attends church or gives a little money or says the name of Jesus. That doesn't mean you're going to come into my father's kingdom, Jesus said. It, I mean, I mean, and, and so again, we're watching that happen. The church has basically, by and large around the globe, been dismantled and made irrelevant, they think. And, and even in America, where we have the First Amendment and a lot of strong-hearted patriots and, and churches kind of stayed open. Well, not many, but some did, like mine. And others have opened and opened back up and said, you know, to heck with all these mask laws and stuff. We're going to get back to life. I mean, you know, we, we sang one Sunday, my faith is in Jesus. The very next Sunday, we ran and hid for months. And they're saying, you know, we're embarrassed by that. We're not going to do that. We're going to do what our ancient forefathers did. We're going to come out in the middle of pandemics, and we're going to minister to the hurting, the dying, and the sick. Even if it costs us our lives, we're going to model what the church is about, what Jesus Christ is about. And so, you know, that's happening, and I praise God for that. But basically around the world, it's, it's, the church is being weeded out, and it needs to be. The, t- the weed and the tear need to be separated. But it happens to the church first, God's Word says. Richard? All right. All right. I, want to, I want to talk about this, the, the subtitle of the book, Preparing for the Days of Noah. And, and yeah. we, we talk a lot on this show um, when we get into the Nephilim and so forth. We talk yeah. about yeah. as in the days of Noah. So it's it's mentioned twice. Jesus refers to the days of Noah when he's asked about, you know, this the second coming and so forth. Why does he why is it mentioned twice? He, I think yeah. first to the Pharisees when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees who are constantly, you know, uh, quizzing him and so forth and trying to trip him up, but but then also to his disciples. So where is it mentioned and why twice? 
Okay, yeah, Luke 17 and Matthew 24 is where Jesus really preaches, teaches on it, and makes it the, the, the foundational point or the foundational sign of his soon coming, and I'll explain that. But I also want to make clear to your uh, audience that this whole theme of Noah and the days of Noah, and says in the days of Lot, um, that's found throughout the New Testament, out of the mouth of Jesus, out of the mouth of Peter, out of the mouth of Paul, out of the mouth of John. I, I, I mean, this is, this is not something hidden in a little corner in some little trinket of scriptural nugget. This is a major theme. And so in Luke 17 and Matthew 24, here's what happens. And they, these are two separate instances separated by a couple of months. Uh, Jesus is in the last couple of months of his earthly life. He's headed towards Jerusalem to offer to present himself uh, to the cross and to an empty tomb, and so the church can be born and everything. But he's down along the Jordan River Road. He's coming down from the the Galilee area, Lake Galilee, and he's going the Jordan River Road all the way into Jericho. And then Jericho, he'll go up the mountain, finally to Bethany, which is on the outskirts of Jerusalem at the Mount of Olives. Mount of Olives is a part of Jerusalem, but it's on the outskirt of the wall and the and the Temple Mount. And then from there, he'll go through the Eastern Gate on the back of a donkey, which he did today, 2,000 years ago, Palm Sunday, prophesied by Zechariah in chapter 9, 400 years before it happened. And then the last week, he would be there. So, so, in Luke 17, he's down along the Jordan Road, and, and he's going village to village. He's got a crowd following him, and he's got his own disciples, but he's been ministering for three years now, and so crowds are always following him, hundreds, sometimes thousands. Sometimes he'll gather on a hillside and start preaching, and 10,000 people will show up. I mean, it's the size of most civic centers. I mean, that's amazing. And so he's walking along the road, and so the Pharisees, who are the teachers of the law and, and the rabbis of the local synagogues and among the people, they came out because they knew who this was. They knew who, what this parade was, and they asked him, okay, 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 three years, you've been talking about the coming of the Son of Man. Tell us, what will be the signs? How will we know? And Jesus doesn't even hesitate. He said, it will be just like it was in the days of Noah, just like it was. Now, he gives the general attitude. People will be buying and selling and giving in marriage and, you know, and, and, and going on with their lives uh, and, uh, right up until the time the flood came. Now, there's nothing wrong with buying and selling, giving in marriage, going to work. Uh, you know, I mean, I call, I tell our, our church, that's what life is. It's mowing the grass, paying the bills, educating the children, you know, attending weddings and funerals and just doing life. But there's nothing wrong with that. The point he was making was, It'll just be life as usual, even before the flood comes, and Noah is building a ship the size of an aircraft carrier in his backyard, and he's preaching for 120 years, and the world goes, la, 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 look at the unicorns, look at the butterflies, everything's lovely, everything's beautiful, and Jesus said it'll be just like that. Now, that's the defining nature of it. But when he says it will be just like the days of Noah, Richard, here's the thing that's striking. Well, before I define it, let me just continue and say, then he goes down the road. He winds up in Jerusalem. A couple of months later, he's on the side of the Mount of Olives, and his disciples ask him, what will be the signs of your return? In Matthew 24, that's when he says, well, there'll be wars and rumors of wars and this and that, and you know, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached, and then finally the, the, the abomination that causes desolation will be seen, brother will turn against brother, sister against sister, false prophets, etc., etc. He ends it 
by talking about his angels going to gather the elect. And then he says, learn the lesson of the fig tree. And I point out in my book, that is about the return of Israel. The scholars see it. The word study agrees with it. The fig tree, that morning he had cursed a fig tree. Now that evening he's saying, when it comes back to life, uh, it, that that's the end. That's when all of these things will happen. Throughout the Old Testament, Israel is called the fig tree. And I document all of this. That's what he's prophesying. He says the return of Israel is the starting clock, and all of this stuff will happen quickly. And then he says, and don't forget, he says it again, it'll be like the days of Noah. Okay, I've got to take a, like. gotta jump in. We'll take yep. a quick time out. Come back, Carl Gallup. Stay with us. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. All right, Carl, I'm going to go to the YouTube live stream where in our uh, chat room there where people have left some questions. Yeah. And uh, let's see, who do we have first? I'm going to go with uh, this one. Uh, Show me the truth 74. They have some interesting handles in our YouTube live chat. Show me the truth 74 asks... Carl, your thoughts on these satanic shoes with blood inside feels like this is another witchcraft ritual thrown right in our faces, our children's faces. Uh, now, this is uh, – I'm not sure if you've heard about this. Uh, Little Nas X is a, a rapper, and he's uh, released a line of shoes. They're called Satan shoes. Apparently, they will contain a drop of human blood, and uh, they will only be – there will be 666 pairs released. Obviously, it sounds like kind of a, a marketing ploy here. Uh, nevertheless, you know, Satan shoes with human blood in them? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. What are my thoughts? I think this is Satan's arrogance. Yes, I'm familiar with the story. Uh, his arrogance, he's feeling his power. This is Revelation 12, 12, right in our face. Be woe unto you, earth, because Satan has been thrown down amongst you. He is filled with rage, and he knows his time is short. This is just one little thing. I mean, there's so many things that have come out, uh, in, in, and these shoes didn't necessarily come out of COVID, but ever since we turned the corner to 2020 and this huge attack against the church and everything godly and the Bible and, and culture and business and people and, you know, hurting us up like animals and masking us up, this masquerade, and now comes a tennis shoe by the most famous marketer of shoes on the planet with, the, with 666 emblazoned on the back heel. And, and interestingly, this shows you how these people are so depraved, they don't even know the Word of God, or they think they can twist the Word, just like Satan did with Jesus in the wilderness temptation. He actually quoted Scripture to Jesus, actually misquoted or half-quoted Scripture. If he would do it to Jesus, certainly he'll do it to the world. And on the side of these tennis shoes, is, it, it says Luke 10.18. Luke, the gospel of Luke 10.18. What is that? I saw Satan fall like lightning from the heavens. And that's supposed to be Satan bragging about himself. Uh, you know, he it, it, it's crazy. That's a That scripture goes on to speak of the condemnation, the, the fact that he has been defeated. He was kicked out of heaven. And now we have been given authority and power over him in the name of Jesus, the Bible says. And in the power 
power that the Lord gives us and that we're in the fourth quarter and the game is over. I mean, the, the game's still being played. People are still getting hurt. <laughs> you know, people are taking some licks. But the bottom line is Satan cannot catch up. He cannot. He's lost. And in the middle of everything else, all of the lunacy comes this shoe that is supposed to be embedded with human blood, drops of human blood, 666 on the heel, black and red is the color, kind of demonic, hellish looking, and Luke 1018 emblazoned on the side as though that's Satan bragging about how he's as powerful as like lightning. I came down like lightning to the earth. It's just, it's just in our face. And, you know, could it just be this ingenious marketing ploy? Well, of course it could. I mean, but, but uh, listen, I write about it in Gods and Thrones, one of the books I did. That's one of Satan's tricks. He, he influences and manipulates the thrones of power. That can be corporate business. It can be institutions of education. It can be churches and pulpits and ecclesiastical power. It can be governmental power, kings, presidents, queens. And that's where Satan hovers. Hollywood, you know, video game marketers. I mean, any place where the people's minds are kind of wrapped into a, a, a certain ism or schism. That's where Satan hovers. And so now we've got the largest manufacturer of tennis shoes on the planet that everybody has been coveting for decades. They develop a shoe with human blood in it, 666 on it, and Luke 1018 as though it's the bragging rights of Satan. So do I think there's anything demonic in this? Absolutely I do. And, uh, you know, I don't make... A, a huge deal of it. Like, I mean, it doesn't affect me. I'm under the blood of Jesus. I doesn't, doesn't affect me at all or any other true born again Christian, but it's just in our face, Richard. And this is just a little thing, but there it is. All right. Uh, Roger Vega asks, do you remember Carl that the project for a new American century, which was floated right before nine 11, but no one believed anything would happen. Isn't yeah. this similar with the great reset and the virus? Yeah. I do remember it. I do know what they're talking about. It's it's it is similar. This was listen. I, I've been trying to tell people this for years, uh, and they they look at me like I've got a third eye on my forehead. I, most most people I don't think have heard of this, but um, yeah, it, it was it was it was like a a, a, a super duper I think you would call it neo conservative think tank mm -hmm. developed in the mid nineteen nineties, and it was this this was the idea. Now I want your audience to hear this because we think of you know, the one world order and the antichrist system, it's going to come out of Rome or it's going to come out of the, uh, the, the conglomeration of the EU or it's going to come out of the Middle East. And maybe it's that and all of that together. Who knows in the end of it all, the great Babylon, the great harlot, the Bible speaks of this conglomeration, this federation. But look at this project for a new American century in the mid 1990s. Their stated goal was we need, and I'm going to oversimplify it, but this is what it says. It says, we, we need to take control of the globe to bring about some kind of peace and order and security, and it needs to be done on an American model. We are the superpower of money and, and military 
and influence and prestige, we can make this happen. And so what happens when in, in, in the days of the Gulf War, Saddam Hussein? Well, we need to take him out. We need to change that regime. Uh, we, we need a new government over there. Well, what about over here? Well, we need to take that one out. We need to change it. What about Arab Spring? Well, we need to get involved in that. We need to change the, the face of the Middle East. We, you know, this is that's what that whole thing was about. And so Right. And they also floated the idea, Carl, that in, in order for to, to galvanize public opinion in America, that this is the, the, the what we need to do and establish, you know, this new world order, as George Herbert Walker Bush said. Yes. Uh, that we may need another Pearl Harbor. A trigger. Yeah. A trigger. Yeah. And a lot of people think 9-11 was that. I, you know, I, I don't know if I'd buy that. But again, I'm not nearly as educated on that one thing as a lot of other people are. It could have been. I wouldn't put it. Nothing is to be put past Satan. OK, because because the Bible is clear. He's the one pulling the strings of so many of these thrones of power that involves not just governments, but everything else I said, institution, Hollywood, entertainment, schools, churches, everything. Um, and so nothing would, nothing would surprise me. I mean, I believe for those of us that belong to the Lord, when we wind up in glory— and God shows us, the Bible says, we will know him as he is. We will understand. We will see clearly. And I believe we're going to be shocked at what was really going on behind the curtains. It's like we're living in the Wizard of Oz. It's like we're living in Munchkinland in Oz. You know, there's a man behind the curtain pulling the buttons and pushing the knobs. We just see the big ugly face, the hologram out front. But really, it's, it's, it's this fallen being uh, that's trying to be bigger and more powerful and shinier than he really is, thus my book, Masquerade, you know? And so this, yeah, this project for a new American century, a lot of Americans don't even know about it. A lot of good godly people don't have a clue that that American leadership for decades has been trying to set America up as the head of the globalist government. So, so brother, we're just living in prophetic times where everybody that doesn't belong to the Lord, they're just living in their flesh. They're, they're looking for a way to control the world. Now, that is a demonic spirit. It's called the spirit of Antichrist, and John wrote about it in 1 John and the book of Revelation. We'll go back to more questions from the YouTube live chat. We're coming up on a break, but I just want to go back to to Noah since that's, again, the subtitle, you know, preparing for the days of Noah, as in the days of Noah. That's when, you know, the second coming. That's when we're talking about end times prophecy here. And uh, so, you know, you mentioned Noah was building this ark, and it may have slipped past some people, but he was building the ark for like 12 decades, 120 years. It wasn't just like, you know, a five-year project. 120 years, he's hammering away, sawing boards or whatever. 120 years? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it couldn't be when the flood came that nobody knew. <laughs> or that somebody was left out. No, by, by the time the flood came, everybody had either laid eyes on that ark or had heard about it. And, I mean, there's no way 120 years building an aircraft carrier-sized ship in your backyard. You know, people say, oh, that crazy old man. Well, but he wasn't. He came from a good family. 
and and you know very ingenious industrious people um and think about it the materials i mean he you know he has some of his materials and supplies he had to shop he had to go into the towns and villages and barter and trade i mean he he, he wasn't just like some out in the woods hiding from everybody some prepper that was growing every weed and and seed for his for his family no he was a part of the culture and society and they knew him and he was quite a respected guy and he was he was saying, look, it's going to happen, guys. It is going to happen. The Word of God has spoken clearly. And, and you know, that's why we kind of feel like Noah's in our day, you know, and like Lot's in his day. Um, you know, uh, the, it, it, we're, we're telling people, look, I can tell you what God's Word says. It was written thousands of years ago. See, this is the ark we're building. And it was written thousands of years ago, and now you're living in the midst of it. Churches are being closed. Brothers and sisters are turning against each other and turning each other into the authorities. Technology has increased. Whatever is done in secret is shouted from the rooftops, literally now. Um, you know, instantaneous communication information. And Israel has returned, and it's been there 73 years. And we're preaching and teaching, saying, people, please, please understand the return of the Lord is soon. I'm not setting dates. I'm not, uh, you know, the okay, little boy. I gotta jump in. Sorry, Carl, i got to jump yeah. in. We've got a, another time out. We'll uh, okay. come back with more. As in the days of Noah, the book is The Summoning. Carl Gallup stays with us. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. All right, before we get back to the questions from the YouTube live chat, let me just get back to Noah for a moment. So he's building this ark for 120 years it takes him. And so, you know, generations growing up watching this ark being built, people are asking, why are you building the ark? He tells them. but. And then in the end, you know, when the rain starts to fall and the door is sealed shut and people are, are screaming outside, let me in, let me in, it's too late. Now, there's nothing Noah can do. God has sealed the door. But did he make it, was it made known to the people, listen, if you want to come on the ark with me, you're welcome. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, the, the Bible claims that he was a preacher of righteousness. He preached for 120 years. And the implication, I mean, why am I, I preach, I preach every Sunday, but why do I preach? Well, I'm preparing God's people, I'm equipping God's people, but what am I equipping them for? To go out into the world and make disciples, to go out into the world and be the salt and the light, to go out into the world and bring people on the ark. The the ark is, now it's the old rugged cross and an empty tomb and the gospel of Jesus Christ. you got to get on board, because when God shuts the door, it's done. So I think the implication is, is that, yeah, I mean, for 120 years, he preached and pled with the people, but and pleaded with the people, but by the end of it all, the Bible says that Noah and his family were the only ones found to be righteous. Now, the word righteous, we use that, we misuse that word, at least biblically speaking, we misuse it in our modern culture. It doesn't mean goody-goody two-shoes. It doesn't mean perfection. What it means is the word righteous in the biblical sense means a person is declared righteous by God when we're under the blood of Jesus Christ. And again, I'm not trying to be preachy. This is just the word of God. And so we are declared it's like a judge. We're standing before a judge. We've committed a murder. But for whatever reason, the judge has mercy on us. And he said, I declare you righteous. 
I declare you not guilty. I, I will take your punishment upon myself. Well, no human judge would do that. No, but the judge of the universe did. He gave the opportunity. So, so yeah, Noah was proclaiming righteousness of God. He was proclaiming salvation. Get on the ark with us. Uh, but I, I think as it drew closer and closer, I think the Lord revealed to him, Noah, nobody's going to be coming. And, you know, it's interesting. So Noah and his family then, metaphorically speaking, would represent the family of God in the last days, those who are under the blood. Well, that would be the church. And, and it's not because we're special, because we're Christians. or no, no, because not everybody that just says, Lord, Lord. The only people that will, quote, go up in the ark, <laughs> that will be saved from the coming wrath, will be those who God has declared righteous. Well, in the last days, the only ones God will declare righteous are those who have bowed their knee to Jesus Christ, according to the Word of God. So you can see the metaphorical similarities between the days of Noah and our days. Now, Jesus didn't say that the last days before his return would be kind of like the days of Noah, or similar to the days of Noah, or could be compared to. He said emphatically in Luke 17 and in Matthew 24, separated by a couple of months, both times he said, it will be just like the days of Noah. And Peter addresses, in Second Peter chapter 3, he says, you know, in the last days, scoffers are going to come. They're going to scoff. They're going to mock. They're going to say, where is this coming of the Lord that everybody talks about? Ever since the beginning, they, the world has gone on like it has from the beginning. And he says, but they purposely forget that this earth has already been destroyed by God's wrath one time when God sent the flood in Noah's day. There it is again. Peter's talking about it. Where did he hear that from? Well, he heard it from Jesus. He was his right-hand man. So, so yes, Richard, it's, I think he was preaching. I think he was begging. I think he was pleading. As it got closer to the end, I think he realized that it was going to be him, his family, and the animals that God brought, and then God shut the door. That is a perfect biblical picture of what's going to happen in the end. There will be apparently billions that will not get upon the ark of the gospel message of God's salvation through Jesus Christ. That's what this whole week of Passion Week and, 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 and uh, Passover is all about. It's about the cross, the crucifixion, the resurrection. It's the ark. Get on board, because Jesus said, I am the door, and nobody's getting into paradise but by me. Get yeah, on the ark. I've got about a minute here before the break, and I'm, I just wanted to make this observation, and maybe I'm making too much of, you know, trying to make a connection between COVID and the ark, but, you know, Moses and his family were shut in there. It just, it, it wasn't just 40 days and 40 nights. That's how long the rain lasted, but yep. they were shut inside for what, 150, 200 days uh, before the water? I'm sorry, go ahead. You know, I was just going to say, I mean, I'm just drawing that connection between the lockdown and the stay at home and quarantining at home uh -huh. and being inside. And we were told two weeks to flatten the curve. And then before you know it, here we are a year later, more than a year later. I'm just thinking maybe, you know, I'm thinking Shem <laughs> and Japheth and Hammer saying, you know, when is this going to end? You said two weeks or you said 40 days and we're still shut inside. Yeah, brother, I've got to admit 
That's pretty brilliant. I, I, I haven't even considered that. Uh, now, I, why didn't I call you before I wrote that book? <laughs> I, 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 no, I mean, I, think about it, man. I mean, you know, like you said, you might be making too much of it, and you might, and I might be by kind of agreeing with you here, but but there is a little bit of a parallel there, isn't there? Now, if I, I could be wrong here, so your audience can correct me. I know I wrote it in my book somewhere. I, I went and added it all up, and maybe you haven't gotten to that point yet, and I can't remember, but I, the Bible— from the time they got in the ark and the door closed to the time the ark settled and the water receded enough that they could open it and get out and go back to life, I think it was like a year and a half, if I'm not mistaken. The whole thing, the whole right. saga took about a year and a half. There you um, go. Again, yeah. I could be corrected, <laughs> but uh, but good gosh, man, that's corresponding so far with right where we are now. <laughs> All right, we'll take one final time out, okay. come back. More questions for Carl Gallup's The Summoning, and we'll tell you how to get a copy as well. Back with more in a moment. Stay with us. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. So I suppose you could look at Noah as uh, the ultimate prepper. Uh, yeah. should, should Christians be preppers? Yeah, well... Actually, um, Noah was the ultimate prepper, and then you move to Joseph, uh, seven years storing up grain with Pharaoh's permission. He became the hero of Egypt and the known world back in those days. Uh, and, and you move on through to the early church in the, in the New Testament, and they were not only preppers, they were mega preppers. I mean, they had, they had pandemics and disease and earthquakes and volcanoes and, and, and devastation and persecution. And, and so the Bible speaks of how they would, they would buy and sell property. They would split up amongst each other. They would take care of the widows that couldn't work. They would take care of each other. Uh, they were prepping and they were saving up and they were storing up and they were taking care of each other. So should Christians be preppers? Well, the word prepper is kind of a pejorative now. Nowadays, uh, it's funny though. The governments of the world are preppers. You can go to the government websites, and they tell you how to prep for war and for pestilence and devastation, uh, especially after nine eleven. So it's just is this whole thing is filled with hypocrisy and duplicity and you know pejoratives. But yes, yes, we should. The Bible says it like this in one of the proverbs. I've got it quoted in my book. Uh, look, the the wise man sees danger coming and prepares for it, and. And he is blessed. The fool sees that danger coming and does nothing and pays the price for it. So, yeah, in that sense, we should just prepare kind of for the worst, but hope for the best and pray for the best and just keep our head on a swivel. I tell Christians, don't walk around in paranoia and anxiety. That's the opposite of being a person of faith, but rather mow the grass, pay the bills, educate the children, plan for the future. Nobody knows the day or the hour, but understand there is an aircraft carrier size ship in the backyard of the world. We're living in the days of Noah, and we need to be prepared for some tough times and to minister to the world around us, and we need to be prepared uh, for, for the coming of the Lord. And it may happen in our day. It may be another generation or two, maybe a hundred years from now, but, but on the course of human history, it's coming very, very soon and very quickly, like Daniel said, like a flood. Isn't that interesting? Way back in Daniel's day, he said, the end will come like a flood, bringing again the picture of Noah into mind. 
Uh, Solar Warden asks, do you envision yeah. human rights groups being able to successfully prevent forced vaccinations when push comes to shove? Yeah, listen, Solar, solar Flare, is that what you said? Yeah, uh, Solar Warden. Yeah, Solar Warden. Yeah, Solar Warden. Listen, that, that's a great question, and, I, and I'm going to answer that. But first, to keep you and me out of trouble, Richard, I want to say this about Nike and the Satan shoe. NBC News is reporting just a few hours ago that Nike has now disclaimed any connection to this. It's being done by a group called Mischief, M-S-C-H-F, all in caps, and working with this rapper. And Nike saying, we didn't have anything to do with this. They're buying up our shoes, and they're putting all this stuff on it. So I, you know, earlier I said Nike was behind it, but I want to make that correction so you and I I don't get in trouble, okay? Thank you for that. Actually, okay. you didn't, you, didn't you, you mentioned a large shoe company, but you didn't mention them by name. Oh, okay. But, uh, but thank you for that anyway. You, you're yes, right. So it, yes. the yes. rapper and his group, are uh, they're buying up shoes, but they're not being supported or uh, this is in no way anything to do with Nike. Okay. Yes, yes, exactly. And thank I didn't that. say the name, but, you know, it's got the symbol emblazoned. It is, they are Nike shoes, but Nike said we did not produce these. Okay. All right. And so, you know, I got a radio program. I know how this works, brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well done. All right. All right. So now back to Solar Warden's question. Yeah, uh, do I envision being able to successfully prevent Forced vaccination or um, human rights. I, do we think human rights groups are going to come forward or, or, or there, yeah. will there be successful maybe Supreme Court challenges? Yeah, yeah, I, there are. There are already challenges in the United States and probably will be in Canada and probably around the world. But but here's the thing, uh, Solar Warden, um, and I know that's your, your pen name here. Um, here's the thing. Um, that's an excellent question. We don't we don't know. But here's what we do know. We don't know about. COVID-19 and forced vaccinations. Now, in the United States, the Supreme Court ruled decades ago, and I, and I uh, uh, um, referenced this in my book, Alan Dershowitz actually came out and said during the height of COVID, he said, look, you need to know the Supreme Court has already ruled that in the case of a national emergency, if it is declared that you know we think we're under a biological warfare attack and the president and Congress decrees it, you can be held down in a needle forced in your arm by the U.S. government, and there's nothing legally you can do about it. Now, that the Supreme Court has ruled several times. Now, it's a very, very, you know, that would be a really uh, extreme case, but they have ruled in an extreme case. So, so to this gentleman that wrote in under the name Solar Warden, uh, you know, nations of the world, and the United States is one of the, the strongest, freest nations with a constitution that says, look, you're human rights can't be violated. But yet we're living in the midst of it. So so we don't know what's going to happen, but the Bible is clear. There will come a time in Revelation 13, it says that the whole world will be forced to take a mark or you cannot buy or sell or trade or therefore eat. Um, now, those that bow to the Antichrist system, uh, some people say, well, it means it's a mark to, it's a, like a certificate of worship. Yeah, but worship doesn't necessarily mean bowing down and praying and, you know, uh, you know, genuflecting and saying, oh, thou art the king of kings. It, it, worship means assigning ultimate worth and value, saying yes, sir, and saluting when the government says, take this mark. Now, I'm not saying the vaccine is the mark of the beast. I th still think it's a dry run to see how easy it would be to get everybody to line up and take a mark. It could be, though, 
with this digital tracing technology we have and all of that other, we don't know what it's going to be yet. Uh, and I know people are fighting it. So do I think it can be prevented? I think in pockets and here and there, yes, it will be prevented. But the bottom line is, if we're still here when the Antichrist system comes to fruition, uh, it's going to be a mandate from the globe to take some kind of mark that identifies us as being good little government followers. All right. Uh, the summoning, wh- where does that name come from? Yeah, it comes from Psalm 50, the first six verses. And I don't have it in front of me, so I'll paraphrase. But it basically says the Lord God is enthroned in heaven, and he is summoning all of heaven and earth to his throne. And the picture is the day of judgment. He says, but he says to, the, he says to his angelic host, he says, but gather together my elect those who are under the sacrifice. Well, the last day's sacrifice is the blood of Jesus. The gathering together of the elect appears to a lot of scholars to be a picture of the rapture. I chose that scripture and that title because it's, you can feel it in the air, brother. The judgment of God has already begun with the house of the Lord. It's all over the world. The, 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 the Bible speaks of a rapture in the last days, and we could get into pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. I'm not going to do that. But, but there's going to be a catching away, a calling away, and then the wrath of God is coming. So the summoning. You know, I used to be a cop, man. I've issued summons. I know what they are. I, I've gone to state attorney's offices and to judges to get a summons for somebody to appear. And so that's what it means. It's just an order from heaven. You will appear before my throne. If you're not under the blood, forget the mark of the beast. You better have the mark of the lamb. Hmm. Let me ask you this in all seriousness. Would you, yes. would you like to see uh, you know, the, the live to see the end times play out, uh, and the and the final judgment, or would you would you rather you know pass on and leave that for another generation to experience? <laughs> well, the bottom line is, Richard, there is no time in the presence of the Lord. Jesus told the thief on the cross two thousand years ago. He said, "Look, today, in a few moments, this day, I promise you, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. It's an interdimensional universe." It just is. I write about this. The Bible speaks of it. It demands we believe it. So even if we were to leave this world in what we call death, we close our eyes, we open our eyes in the presence of the Lord, we're still wrapped up and involved in, uh, you know, what's going on on earth and what's getting ready to happen. We will return with the Lord. The judgment seat will be set up. But so, to live you know, through the tribulation, to, to live, to have to live through the tribulation and Jacob's troubles and all of yeah. that. Yeah, I know. Well, again, look at Noah. That's why Jesus said it'd be just like the days of Noah. He lived in the worst the world had ever been up until his time. God didn't take him out until he poured his wrath out. But in the midst of it, he protected Noah. Same with Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. And Peter says he uses both Noah and Lot as examples of the last days. And he says, look, he says, God knew how to take care of Noah and his family. And, and, and made them preachers of righteousness, and, and, and he saved them, and he protected them, and he knew how to take care of Lot and his family, living in Sodom and Gomorrah, and he says, and Lot was vexed in his righteous heart, seeing the depravity of the day, day in and day out, but yet God knew how to take care of him, and okay, the implication— Just about out of time, i got to ask you, how do we get a copy of the book? 
Okay. You can get it anywhere good books are sold. They're selling out all over the place. Go to my website, carlgalvis.com. You can get them directly from me, signed. Or you can get them anywhere else in the world where good books are sold, Amazon and brick-and-mortar stores. And very quickly, how do we listen to you on the radio? Same thing, carlgallops.com. Everything's there. My live stream, my radio feeds, everything is there, books and everything. Carl, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. It's my honor, Richard. Thank you for having me on. All right. Back next week with a brand new program. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.